Welcome back to Soul Warrior. This is your host, Morgan Pate. Today I'm here with... Uh, Josh Hart, a.k.a. Ash Redhorse. Ash Redhorse. A couple weeks ago, I got a DM from Ash Redhorse. He's like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so you know my friend Nicole, and uh, I actually went to one of your shows unknowingly. Oh, really? A couple weeks ago, I think. Um, Were you playing at the, the bowling alley? No, so um, our friends Muckluck. They were that okay, muck luck. Okay. Yeah. I was cool. just being a groupie. Okay, know? cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. So how did you get into music? Oh, that's a interesting question. Um, let's see. I think there's always been a lot of time in my life, like, where music was always kind of there, but like I never really, you know, knew that it would be the thing I do forever. So uh when I was a kid, like I was in choir and my mom would also take me to karaoke nights and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, it was kind of always around. But when I actually started, like, purposefully making music, that was probably, like, junior year of high school, which would be, like, 2012, 2013. Wow. Yeah. Are you, so are you the singer? You're the lead? Uh, yes, I am the lead singer, and I play guitar. Wow. But um, I can also play piano and fiddle around on the bass a little bit. So What? Yeah, 100%. Did you want to, <laughs> at the end of the podcast, would you like to... Play something? Play something for us? Yeah, that'd be sick. That'd be cool. I'd be down to do that. So uh, so you live in Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. So are you from here? No. So I'm actually, I grew up in Aurora. Okay. So, you know, just southeast Denver. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Aurora and I, I moved up here and for the first time. It's a complicated story. It's like I moved up here for the first time in 2016, I think, and I lived here for a year. And then... I started was starting a band at that time, but like I was young, I didn't really know what I was doing, didn't know how to lead a band yet, so went back home, and then I came back a year later after that for another year, and then we had the best time. I started doing like hip hop and stuff like that, and uh, <clears throat> then all my roommates left, so I moved back, <laughs> and then I moved back up here after another year down there. So, but this will be going on two years up here this time. So heck yeah, that's I'm here cool. to stay. I'm here to stay. Awesome, good. Yeah. Um, so. I guess what's next for you? What are you working toward with your career? Um, like kind of like what is the end goal? Yeah, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I would just say you know I just envision myself being a touring musician. Like I don't want to say famous because I feel like I don't do it for like to be famous. That's mm-hmm. not the point. Like I do it because I write music to make people feel like whatever I'm feeling. I guess, but like it's to help people know that they're not alone. So I would just love to be touring and you know be successful i don't have to work a job i can just make money off of touring and making music yes and uh yeah settling down somewhere have my own big old plot of land and making music and being a rancher i guess that's the dream though. <laughs> that's just, the dream that's the dream not to work for someone else mm-hmm. like not to have a, a real boss be your own boss mm-hmm. and make your own schedule exactly right oh man yeah so well um what kind of music do you like to listen to? Do, do I like? Hmm. Mm-hmm. I honestly everything. I uh right now I recently discovered Tash Sultana. Oh yeah. And I was like, apparently this is nothing new, you know, but I, yeah. I really <laughs> like her. Mm-hmm. And um I like reggae, um some like acoustic country. Mm, nice. Rock. Yeah. yeah. Rock and roll rock baby. Bands, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, ta- ta- uh, Tosh Tash. Is Tosh? I, I don't know how you say it. Tash Sotana. Um, quite the phenomenon. Uh, she's, 
I remember first seeing her doing like a cover of, I think it was Electric Field by MGM, yes, MGMT. Yes. And man, like, you know, just a one, a one person show, you know, just the looping and stuff like that. So uh, very awesome artist. So I'm glad that you finally found her. Absolutely. She, yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I believe she, she got started. Someone found her playing on the side of the road or something crazy or something like that. Yeah. So but, you're, you're kind of like one of those phenomenons too. That's working your way out. Hey, maybe, you know, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, have you listened to any of the music that we've put out yet or not yet? Not no. yet. Okay. I'm about to at the end of this. At the end of the show, pass. let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, music for me is just, like, I, it was a huge inspiration growing up, right? Like, I um, I struggled with, like, a lot of, like, depression as a kid. Okay. And so it was one of those things that kind of reeled everything in, you know, back to, to me personally to kind of keep me feeling like I'm okay. So um, I owe, like, a lot of the, like, just, you know, good times in my life to the musicians, you know, that I've uh, grown up listening to and to, uh, to my parents even and, you know, for having good music around me as a kid you know um but uh yeah it definitely just helped me feel okay so i hope that like my music will do that for other people too absolutely Mm -hmm. just like that uh emotional like therapy music therapy Mm kind of yeah absolutely so what is your why that keeps you going you know um that's a i I think this could be answered in a couple different ways um i think in general like as a human being, I think that is, uh, I know that there's always good I can do in the world. So like, I will stay alive and I will do that because like, I can make a change, even if it's something small or, you know, in someone's life, like that's important enough to me. And, um, yeah, I just think I have like stories to tell, like kind of, you know, things to still adventure into like philosophy and stuff like that. I kind of like, that's like my purpose of like, you know, music literature you know movies all that kind of stuff like film just i'm an idea man I'm, i like to look at the world through like a specific lens absolutely so hopefully that that is my purpose <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. yeah just taking it one day at a time and and you never know what the next day will bring you so yeah 100 percent. yeah um what about you what's that for you my why hmm. you know i i honestly i just want to make a difference in, in people's lives and um I don't really know. I, I, using my pain, mm-hmm. you know, and turning it around and, and using it as a tool to help people, like right. doing this podcast, um, mm-hmm. being open about my trials and tribulations and really sharing my experiences, what I've been through, but but not staying on that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sharing the growth mm-hmm. and sharing how I got, you know, I got away from it or, or um, how I grew from it or, you know, how it changed me. So I think that that's kind of, my why is just to help help people in any way that I can and turning my pain into into power you know and that's really that's it for me yeah it's beautiful I mean you know I think people sometimes get too caught up in the pain they're going through at a certain point in time in their life and it can truly it can stunt growth absolutely you know yes um what I can kind of maybe see in both of us is that we both want to be a beacon of light to like you know that your pain can be your fuel to keep going forward. Absolutely. Right. Um, like what I do is like, you know, I tell stories about heartbreak. So it's like, if I didn't have that heartbreak, I probably never would have really, you know, made the music that I make. And so, um, like everyone's got a muse in their own way, you know what I mean? And so mine was pain and, um, 
now that pain makes me happy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds kind of like, what is that? Like masochistic? <laughs> no, I totally understand that. Like I'm, I love art and mm-hmm. I, I recently got into wood burning, but a lot of my art, I know that not everyone's going to enjoy it because it's dark and it's evil. And it's like portraying women having these like really dark emotions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's such a vital part like a vital part of the process yeah as a whole mm-hmm. but yeah you can't stay stuck there no 100 percent. you have to move on like how can you ever appreciate where you are if you never like leave it and then look back right absolutely like you absolutely. have to go through go through the shit you know you got to go through the mud and you got to get back up and just be like hey like everything's gonna be fine absolutely yeah so. you are on your own journey mm-hmm. so it's unique to you exactly so what things can you share with me that, that you've been through, if you don't mind? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, maybe if you could, like, ask of a specific kind of emotion Absolutely. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So um, have there been any specific challenges that have altered your path or direction in life? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a big thing for me, like, <clears throat> I would say, first and foremost, you know, like, I mean, challenges, I'll start with a challenge. So um, I've kind of faced like a lot of death in my life um, since I was a kid, you know, like I lost my grandfather on my mom's side, um, who was Navajo. And so I'm half Navajo. Um, But my grandfather, he could like barely speak any English at all. But I remember just being a little boy and like looking up at him and like, you know, hanging out with him. And like, I could never understand what he's saying, but like I could tell his intentions, you know, and that like he genuinely loved me. So he was someone that was close to me when I was a really little kid. Um, but he passed away probably when I was in like fourth grade, I think. So I was like, okay, you know, that's the first time I ever really had to experience death in that way. Um, and then you fast forward to 2015, 2016, r- right before I moved to Fort Collins for the first time. And so this is another reason that like, it was really challenging for me to like come into my own, like my first time moving out of my house, you know, out of my parents' home and stuff like that. And uh, I had lost like, my stepfather, who was like a, like a dad to me in a lot of ways as a kid, so I kind of came from a split up family. So um, <clears throat> he tragically died in a car car accident, but he was also like my my number one fan musically. He was always the one that was like, "Yeah, you can do it." But I moved up here and like I was still dealing with that. It was so fresh. It was like maybe a few months after it happened, I moved up here on my own. Um, <clears throat> so that was really hard. Like I just wasn't in a good mental space, um, and then. Recently, I think two or three years ago, my little brother committed suicide. Oh, man. So he would be 17 now, I think. 17, almost 18. And so, um, in a lot of ways, like we were we were separated by like nine years. So um, he was almost like my, like my son in a lot of ways, you know, like um, I was just there for him and just seeing him grow over the years was just like so cool. And, um, and I knew he struggled with depression. I tried to relate with him on that. And, you know, hey, man, like, I feel I feel like I've been there and opened up to him about that stuff. But, you know, sometimes you just can't save everybody, you know. And so that that hurt me really deep because, like, you know, that's, like, someone that's younger than me. That's my yeah. little brother, you know, Innocent. who's also another one of my biggest fans. You yes. Know? Um, so, yeah, like, uh, I've lost some friends over the years, you know. And so it's just, like, death has always kind of been a thing that's loomed over, over me and, like, kind of been a thing in my life which makes it hard even now because like you know I'm a very loving like passionate person um but with all that death that's happened it's like it it kind of 
I don't know. Just, I don't want to say it kind of closes me off because I'm still very much that way, but like, I'm just like less, less giving. And I feel more cold sometimes because like that happens, you know, and like I'm yeah. more accustomed to it than other people. So like, I don't know, there's sometimes an emotional departure with people that I know because like, you know, they'll be going through a hard time and I'm like, you'll be fine. Like in my mind, I'm like, you're okay. You know, you've seen the worst of it. Yeah. I'm like, it's like, you're good. You're alive. Everything's going to be okay. But, uh, so sometimes I can probably seem like a hard ass. <laughs> no, I get that. Cause you, you, you probably have, have felt mm-hmm. so much, you know, with death and, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, and sometimes people think their problems are much bigger than they really are. Right. Yeah. Like, you, you know, cause for sure, you know, I mean, losing your brother, your mother, like family members, like yeah. that can very, very easily be debilitating. Right. Yeah. Um, and almost crippling, but I think in a way, like it sounds kind of dark, but like in a way it's kind of a blessing that like I'm able, that I have gone through these things because it's like, I'm not facing them later in life when I like, you know, everything's been okay for so long. And then it's just like something like this happens. Cause I think that's kind of when it can happen. Right. When you kind of get destroyed by it, it's like life's been perfect forever. And then boom, something like that happens. It's devastating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have, do you feel like you've hardened your heart at all? Yeah, I think so. But like, not it's just hard with me and family because you know like i i grew up you know with like living with my mom for most of my life and uh like my dad was still involved you know but they just had such a hard time ever getting along yeah um so it was kind of always like back and forth and like um i ended up living with like my friends and their parents on multiple occasions and uh yeah like it's just family for me is not always about like just blood it's about the people that you meet along the way right absolutely is mm-hmm. absolutely and and you meet people that are welcoming you know with open arms and they love mm-hmm. you unconditionally and yeah. you're like i just met you why yeah. do you why do you feel this way about me you're like stop it yeah it's like like is this real right now because mm-hmm. like my own family doesn't feel that way so that's really cool that you've experienced that yeah so it's kind of the same for you then it is very much the same very much the same yes but you know i i I do understand that it's it's just weird it's weird to see you know people with these big loving families coming Mm -hmm. together yeah i'm like i don't get it yeah it's like it's weird it's weird (laughs) i don't understand well it's also because like you know families are complicated you know um because there's always like hierarchy right there's always like someone that can tell you what to do and uh i don't know i've always kind of grown up thinking like you know respect isn't just like you don't just give respect to everyone because of like you know who they are yeah. right it's about like who they are to you if they yes. deserve your respect then you give respect mm-hmm. right um so I, and i love my family but like we're just you know we've been apart for so long i've been on my own and you know i've been a lone wolf for yes. so long yes <laughs> that uh i don't know it's like i love them but it's just hard to like you know have connections there because like you know it's like I was doing my own thing for so long. Like I'm, I don't need it right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah. So that's definitely a challenge. Um, so in that way, I would say like my heart has somewhat kind of, you know, grown colder of like, you know, that like I, I'm less giving and less, you know, caring potentially like with my family members, but with, you know, like my friends here, like, you know, everyone that lives here, like we're all really good friends. You know, these are like my brothers and I have brothers back, you know, and Aurora too, you know, they're doing their own thing. They're getting engaged and stuff. I'm like, this is so exciting, you know, and even my own brothers, my actual blood brothers, like, you know, they're having babies and stuff. And, 
um, getting married. And I'm like, this is so cool. But it's just, it's hard for me to open up and like really feel like I'm even accepted in a lot of ways. So I just kind of do my own thing, you know? Absolutely. And friends, um, I don't know if it, it was like this for you, but for me, friends taught me what unconditional love was mm-hmm. for real. And yeah. they taught me that like, no matter who you are or what you do, we still care about you. And I'm like, what, really? Yeah. You're like, huh? <laughs> You're still there? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cause like I've, I've even, I've hurt my friends, you know, every now and then like it's it's happened in in my life you know and like that it's what you're kind of saying the unconditional love it's like it's okay you know and it's like okay. you, you work it out things might be a little different they might yeah. be weird but i still love they you. teach you yeah teach yeah you. yeah that's awesome and how uh so i want to bring this back around to your music career mm-hmm. um how is it with the, the rest of the band um just kind of like how are things going like how is it like family wise like yeah like, like are they the, like family are they are that <clears throat> support for you um you know so we've been a band for like maybe a year like we're coming up on it i think it's like maybe sometime in this month we'll have been a band for a year that's amazing i know right congratulations thank you <laughs> so it's, it's it's been really awesome um but so i met like scott who's our drummer i met scott who's also part of muck look um jp who's part of muck look and Dawson, who at one point in time was also a part of my clique, but I met Dawson years ago when I first moved up here. Um, but, like, I, I met those guys. So Dawson, yes, brother for sure. Like, you know, he lives here. We're boys. We're, you know, hanging all the time. And I love him to death, man. Like, I, he's kind of like my right-hand man in music for sure. Like, I couldn't do a lot of these things without him. Um, and Scott, you know, since I've only kind of recently met these guys over the last year, you know, I wouldn't say we're like we're that close yet, but I feel like it's definitely it's, it's coming. There. You know, like Absolutely. I love Scott to death. I love JP, and I'm um, you know now I have Hank in the band, who's also from Muckluck, and Ben steps in and he plays with us a lot too. So he's also in the band. So basically, all of Muckluck is in my band, <laughs> but it's great. You know? That's and cool, like, yeah. And they're they're my boys, you know. Um, and I just can't wait to see like what more time will you know do for our our friendships. Um, but I'd say we're like we're we're pretty close to family. We also just added. Um, Colin, uh, the drummer from Virgil Vigil to our band too. And so, yeah, I just think that's going to take time, but like, I definitely feel like I'm surrounded by really great people support and good support, you mm-hmm. know, and like, um, they'll, they'll call me out on my shit if I'm, if I'm fucking up and, um, I'll do the same for them, you know, and like, but we, we have good times. We have good conversations and stuff like that. So it's, it's beautiful. I can see it definitely being a family environment, you know, even within another year, like, you know, awesome people I lean on a lot. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're, you're together so much practicing and per- mm-hmm. performing too. Yeah. Yeah. And so where are you performing at? So, um, man, this last year has been crazy. Um, and I mean, I'm just so thankful to like, to the boys in the band, um, and like to Fort Collins, especially because, you know, I, I've kind of, feel like I've entered this whole music scene at the perfect time. I kind of feel like I just kind of fell into it and like, it was like a, you know, a fast river and I'm just like, all right, I guess we're going like, <laughs> we're just, we're going. Cause we've played, I want to say probably like 20 shows just like throughout this last year of being a band. And, um, you know, I think it's definitely probably because it was like post pandemic, you know, like the first kind of real first like summer we got to actually enjoy ourselves again and people have just been all about it you Probably know big turnouts too big turnouts absolutely and so it's been awesome but uh we've played at the atrium which is like my favorite place to play have you ever seen music there i i haven't i haven't been there i've uh, seen a lot of instagram videos at the atrium yeah it's yeah. honestly like 
it's a hot take you know i'm gonna say it right now it's the best place to see music in fort collins i'm choosing suds <laughs> what do you when you play next um we play uh i mean we might be playing on the 24th i mean maybe i saw that advertisement maybe maybe, yeah. maybe. but um we are for sure playing at the bowling alley so okay. this time it will be my show mm-hmm. um on november 4th awesome yeah with a band that's coming from chicago um north by north and uh, we'll also be playing with wax romantics and um effigies i think is their name they're a band from denver so that's when we're playing next but yeah we've played a lot of places atrium lyric um you know uh illegal peds um we've done house shows we've played i'm even just trying to remember where we've (laughs) we've played wolverine farms like we've gotten around but we've played the atrium a lot for sure that's really cool how how can someone um follow you um so you guys can follow us on uh instagram that's kind of like my main outlet you know like i don't use twitter um i've thought about making a facebook page for a long time but like i haven't had facebook in years right so yeah if you don't have it then yeah yeah so it's like i'd be starting it just to do that and we'll see but right now you can find us on instagram um for all of the news social media stuff and uh that's at ash.redhorse and um, we have a YouTube page that we're getting content on soon, but we're also on Spotify, Apple Music, all the big streaming services. Awesome. Yeah. That's legit. I'm so excited yeah. <laughs> for you and, and to see your growth. And Thank you. This yeah. is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's we're taking it one step at a time, you know. Absolutely. Um, and we're actually like trying to slow down on shows right now. So that way we can kind of write more music because like it's, like I said, the last year has just been like almost every other weekend we're playing a show and so it's like we're just constantly trying to stay sharp and not really having time to write new stuff so we've kind of played the same like 10 songs like every time (laughs) so we want to change it up yeah how does that i have no idea how that works Mm -hmm. in a band do do you write all the music and then how does everyone kind of pitch in with their instrument or however it works yeah so like so i mean in bands in general like you know it can be very different you know it could be everyone's writing songs and contributing and stuff like that but for us um i these are all songs that i've written some of them go back to 2015 and so you know um it was always hard for me to like do music in the capacity that i'm doing it now because like i didn't really know how to work with other people um because like i'm self-taught so on music like uh, instruments and stuff so uh i wrote the songs on a, a guitar so just me and my guitar that's how all these songs started <clears throat> and um yeah so basically what how it works with us is i take these songs to the band and i'm like hey guys so i got this song why don't you guys play it we, we learn it together and then um basically everyone just kind of fills in you know their roles but they also add their own like artistic elements to it and uh we've we've gone through a couple different bass players in this year and um even just that just seeing how different people will add their own flavor into the songs that already exist and stuff like that is really cool so um i would like it eventually one day to where everyone's like saying hey like i wrote this song can we do this like yeah sure you know but for right now it's just like songs that i wrote you know from when i was 17 to to now and so it's just pretty crazy (laughs) almost 10 years of almost 10 years that's awesome yeah so it's it's been crazy and when i think about 10 years you know because um yeah i guess i feel like next year will probably be 10 years or maybe this year so we're, we're getting there very cool yeah what uh so you sing you play the guitars or any other instruments that you yeah like dabble? i said um so piano is actually my first instrument okay that's that's what i learned on and just like watching youtube videos mm-hmm. of like what song do i want to learn like how do i play you know 
John Legend or like Frank Ocean or something like that. And so uh, people would have like tutorials, so I would just learn them. Um, I could kind of read sheet music in like high school when I was doing choir, but I never stuck with it, so I don't know how to read it anymore. <laughs> but um, music's also evolved in the sense that you know people write tablature, which is like it just tells you where to put your fingers where and stuff like that, so it makes it way easier. But um, so yeah, I would just like learn off of memory, like okay, this is a G chord, you know, the shape is this chord, blah 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 blah, and so. It's all just up here, and I just remembered it, and you know, just going through it. So I play piano, um, I play guitar. I can probably I can play the bass a little bit. Like it's not I'm not like a good bass player or anything, but I can play the bass. And yeah, I think those are the main ones. You know, drums are really hard. I'll leave that up to Scott. Really? Yeah, they're so hard. Like I I can't. No. <laughs> I can't do it. Like I can dance and I can do other things that like take rhythm and like you know articulation of different limbs, but like drums it is like my brain just does not comprehend it at all like <laughs> i look like a muppet like trying to play drums <laughs> so it's it's pretty bad but uh maybe one day you yeah know. yeah i'd love to to see you all in action practicing or you know yeah i mean you know you could always see us live um i'm sure if you ever really wanted to just come and gander while we practice absolutely uh, sick you could totally that'd be cool. do that um Very cool. yeah so but I mean, like, uh, can you play any instruments? Are you musically inclined in any way? <laughs> I've dabbled my whole life. I've dabbled. I I started with the piano, um, mm-hmm. and then the the violin, and the flute. Yeah. And then I tried. I tried so hard to play the ukulele. I got it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I got it in Florida, and I I took that thing across the world. I deployed with it. I took it to. I was in Iraq in the back of a tent trying to play. Like, I am not <laughs> musically inclined at all. Hey, at least you tried, though. I, I mean, tr- I tried so hard. If it makes you feel any better, I don't understand the ukulele. So, it's hard. It's hard. It's I this mean, very tiny instrument that I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, it sounds really cool, but like, I'm not getting it. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's also because, like, you know, since I can play guitar, I can play uh, bass because, like, the first four strings of the guitar are the bass strings. So, it's like, the same thing easy enough yeah Yeah. so it's like you know and you you have to do like way less you know to like actually make it sound okay you know so but the ukulele the, the string structure is different like they're they're not the same strings in order right like they're different so chords are different so it's like learning a whole new instrument all over again so i'm just it, like it doesn't yeah. flow <laughs> it's it's very uh particular to to like island yeah type yeah it's hard to make the ukulele fit any genre yes you know mm-hmm. because it's uh even just tonally like it's so sharp it's such a sharp tone mm-hmm. that like it kind of cuts through so much stuff so it has a hard time sounding like a really sweet or deep instrument absolutely yeah so but you know someone someone might get mad at me but like you're you don't know how to play the ukulele <laughs> I'm like hey you know Wait. what just show me just show no, me no absolutely <laughs> yeah i thought it would be easy for a, a guitarist to, to play ukulele but i guess not so that's information to me yeah i mean honestly like if if they're just like you know really good at i i mean music theory potentially but like yeah, i'm not it's hard <laughs> it's hard okay. so did you go to school oh uh, like college mm-hmm. no i didn't I, I i chose not to um and actually shout out to two of my teachers in high school who were just like don't do it and i was like nice thank you <laughs> because you saved you know, me a lot of time yeah because i mean I, I saw so many people going to school and like you know just getting there and then realizing like i don't want to do this yep you know mm-hmm. And so it's, I just kind of knew like, like I was good at school. Like I was fine at it. Like, you know, I'm definitely like smart enough to handle it. And 
uh, I just I was so bored. Yes. So mm-hmm. I didn't go to class and I like didn't do my homework, but I come in and I get A's and B's on all my tests. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. So like teachers were like, dude, just do your homework. I'm like, no, I don't want to. <laughs> so I was like, I don't want to do it. It's terrible. Um, so yeah, no, like I was, I wanted to go to uh, be a teacher, um, like a philosophy teacher at a university. I thought that would be really cool, but ah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of feel like I can do that now with music and especially you know, if, if I get successful enough, then I have more time and money to do other things, you know, philanthropic things and stuff like that. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, no, I didn't do that. Um, I thought about going to the military. I was like really dead set on that. I wanted to go to the army, um, but music kind of changed that for me too. So I was, uh, you know, there's a band, a military band. You could always, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I have, a, I have a buddy. My name, his name is Brian, um, and he was in the Marines, and he gives me shit about it all the time. He's like, "Yeah, bro, you could have been spending, you know, four years just in the in the band." And, you know, writing your own music. And I was like, I mean, you're not wrong, but, like, it wouldn't have been the same. It's not It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. You have someone yelling at you the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like I just want to sing, like, love songs, bro. I'm like, no. no. <laughs> it's not like that. Mm-mm. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, uh, but I, I just didn't go to school um, just because I knew that I would waste my time. I knew that I would waste my own money. And like, Ooh. I just, I just knew it. I was like, I had, if I don't do my homework now for something this easy Ooh, yeah. with like such a solid structure, like, and if you don't know exactly what you want to do and you're like very, very passionate about that right. for school, it's mm-hmm. not yeah. worth your time. Exactly. So, um, so what did you go to school for again? You, what were you studying? A lot of different things. I, um, so when I was in the military, I was going to school for graphic design Nice. And um, I decided I didn't want to do that because everyone was a graphic designer and I, there was no way for me to stand out. So I decided to get out of the military and go to school for landscape architecture, which mm-hmm. is very, very similar. A lot of the same programs, you're just building and creating landscapes. Right. And um, yeah, I loved I loved the artistic part of it. It's just, I'm like, how, how am I helping people doing this? Mm-hmm. Like I'm majoring in arts and crafts yeah and i i <laughs> work all day and then i i stay up till two or three in the morning building 3d models that are just gonna be thrown away mm-hmm. and it's just that oh. you're like oh all this work <laughs> yes and it's not like i think that architecture could be a a um like a skill a trade right it doesn't need to be a four-year degree sure yeah and i think it's bullshit <laughs> especially spending like hundreds of thousands of dollars for it right yeah i mean well lucky luckily for me it was the uh the military paid for it but mm-hmm. still still you know yeah and and those kids that are paying for it they're going in they're in so much debt and then they're just getting into like a another minimum wage job or mm-hmm. for years i'm like <laughs> yeah are you kidding it's devastating it's it's sad like because that's the state of you know kind of the world and especially america right yeah. now you know it's like people are going to college and they leave and then they don't get a job in their field whatsoever yeah and then some of them never even end up ever going into the field that they got a degree for so um yeah i mean well i mean does it are you still doing like artsy kind of stuff on the side like with your spare time yeah i i started an online business um so it's in connection with this podcast it's called soul of a warrior and i'm trying mm-hmm. to design t-shirts and things like that mm-hmm. but uh, uh you know my my art's like not there yet 
So, because I saw some of your t-shirts on there. Like, I saw the one with, um, like, the the aviator, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, did you design that one? I did not. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> You're like, okay. I, um, so I, <clears throat> excuse me. I wanted to know, so I des- have designed several of them, but I wanted to know if it would be better for my money if I paid someone else, gave them the idea and said, hey, I need this design. They can get it done in an hour or two, yeah. send it to me. And I'm like, hey, only a hundred bucks. Like, that's not bad. Yeah. I'm, you know, so um, mm, was it worth it? Probably not. No, but I, I, I wanted to try it and see. So I did I did do that for those. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I'm I'm wanting to to. I don't know, expand on more, like, feminine issues, you know, like this recent issue with, with women running mm. and getting kidnapped, you know. I thought yeah. it'd be cool to maybe sell some tasers or, like, really Yeah, like <laughs> have a whole that. brand, yeah. Yes, for... of, like, and just empower women yeah. in any way I can, you know, and, and um, here's a taser, here's a pepper spray that you can wear when you're running or, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and um, so you also practice martial arts, right? Yes, yes. Um, so, uh, like maybe classes, you know. I, I thought about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, Self defense classes, mm-hmm. and um, here's another thing: self defense classes for, um, like uh, people in in abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. And I worked at um, Nine Rounds, which is a kickboxing, a fitness kickboxing, and there was a woman who came in there who was in a, like a d- domestic violence situation. And she wanted to know if, if when she ran her card, it would show up as mm. kickboxing. And she told us that she didn't want it to show up because her spouse would, would be yeah, her. Yeah, catch on, yeah. He was law enforcement. Oh, what a shame. What a shame. And so, um, for me, that was a highlight. Like, these awesome people in our community that are supposed to protect us are actually beating their wives and their wives can't do anything about it Mm -hmm. and how can we empower these women that don't have a voice you know i can host self-defense classes and then market it um when they run their card it's it's an apparel company right it's a t-shirt or something you know Mm -hmm. so that was that that has been a recent idea but yeah just there's so many opportunities out there Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean definitely i mean I would just say, you know, just uh, go through the ideas, you know. I mean, I, and I always give people this advice of, like, <laughs> how to do stuff, but I'm always so bad at following my own advice. But, you know, having an idea board or, you know, really just, like, writing down thoroughly in a journal. Like, Absolutely, yeah. Going through the ideas. Um, but, I, I mean, I think I'm so confident that you'll figure it out. I'll figure it out, yeah. yeah. I just, it's on my heart, definitely. Uh, specifically, like, violence. And I don't know why, but yeah. <laughs> Soul of a warrior. Soul you know, of a warrior, you know, that's, that's it. <laughs> that's how it goes. Um, yeah, it's funny because like, uh, I've always been so enamored with like martial arts and stuff like that. Like my dad always tried to like kind of get me into it without ever putting me in classes. <laughs> so um, like I've always been like a, a violent person, but not like when I, when I was a kid, I was like always just so I had anger issues and stuff. But um, I learned to reel that in and now I'm just like, I don't, I'm not actually that way a lot of times, but it's still in there. It's in there. Yeah, that fire, you need that. Yeah. You need that fire for, just bring it out, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) in those moments. 100%. Yes. But uh, yeah, I've always wanted to do like, you know, um, 
like jujitsu and stuff like that. Like that'd be so much fun, but mm-hmm. it's just so expensive. Yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, it is a very useful skill. Like I, I got into weightlifting for a while, and the only thing about that I would say is that if you're not consistent, mm-hmm. then the work that you put in goes away. Right. Um, if you're really lifting heavy to get bigger, but with jujitsu and things like that, that's that's like a mental skill. Yeah. It is a skill. It's not um, a physical performance. You know. Like yeah, like it can be. Like it has those attributes. Yes. But yes. like. Um, you know, like learning how to defend yourself, you know, it doesn't really go away. It doesn't know? go away. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. You know, but like, you know, I, you could build up to, you know, benching, you know, 205 or something. And, you know, and if you don't go over to the gym for a month, like it's gone. hundred percent. hundred percent. And so like, you can look at it, at it that way. Um, you're investing your money into a useful skill, especially if you're a woman. I'm just saying that, mm-hmm. you know, just because of, of my intentions with all of this, but, right. um, yeah, I mean, bodybuilding and, and weightlifting is awesome. It's great. makes you look great. But, uh, yeah, it can go away. It yeah. can go away. Yeah, you know, and I think that's, I think it's a beautiful thing, you know, encouraging women to, to be able to, like, learn to defend themselves. And, like, you know, because, I mean, it's, it's a shitty situation and it's so unfair. But, like, you know, they're just, they are disadvantaged in that way, right? Like, that they are preyed upon, mm-hmm. you know, and so... Um, it's funny cause like I have, you know, like a lot of like girl friends, right. You know, that I, I ask them like, Hey, like, do you own a knife? Like, do you mm-hmm. own a taser? Do you own anything no. like that? So do you and, know how to use it? Yeah. And like, do you have, and that's the, my other question. I'm always like, do you know how to use this? You know, yeah. like if I gave you a knife that you carried around, like, would you even know how to hold yeah. it? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because, and I always teach them and I could be wrong, but I feel like it's be <laughs> efficient. I like to hold it, you know, kind of back so I can still make a fist mm-hmm. and, still do the slash Mm -hmm. you know and if you're doing this it's way better than trying to do this Mm -hmm. so i try to teach them like but you know that's just something that is it's so important too yes like knowing how to carry a lethal weapon for defense you know it doesn't always have to be a gun Mm -hmm. it could even be like you know non-lethal taser Mm -hmm. like you're saying pepper spray i think it's just important it's kind of important for anyone to have those things anyone but especially women absolutely and i i will say a lot of the times it's like for me, a lot of the times I felt unsafe was when I was trying to go out and have fun and drink. Mm-hmm. And I was intoxicated and, yeah. and wasn't always there. Right. So you can't carry a gun when you're like that. You can't carry yeah. a gun in the bars. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, when you're you're blackout, you're not really conscious or, or you need to have something on you. Mm-hmm. No, and, you know, that's why you carry a knife. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because like it's, it's just there just in case, mm-hmm. you know, like I, mm-hmm. I tend to carry one. Um, wherever I go, just That's because, good. you know, you never, you never know. know, you know, you never know. You're like, Uber driver. You're Uber driver. You get jumped. Got, yeah. You know, like, and you know, and you can't trust people to like know when to stop, especially no. if it's just a civil fight. Right. You can never trust people no. to know when to stop. Like, you know, you could fall wrong and like, then, you know, and then you're dead or you're yeah. paralyzed and it's just, it's just tough. So you just gotta be prepared always. <laughs> Absolutely. On a lighter note. Yes. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> So do you uh, do you do any of the Colorado things? Do you mountain bike or oh yeah, snowboard or ski or anything? So over the last few years, like I've definitely become more of an authentic Coloradan. <laughs> <laughs> Is that do you bike everywhere? No, so okay. <laughs> I, I don't even own a bike technically. Like um, we have like twenty bikes here, and half of them don't work. What? So 
Um, but you know, and then I think probably more than half of them don't work. So we have a select few that actually work. But so I know I, I like to drive. I like to drive places. But I do hiking every now and then. Um, and uh, I've gone. I went skiing this last winter for the first time. So first snow sport ever. That was pretty sick. How was that? Yeah. It was. It was kind of tough <laughs> because. Uh, so I used to skateboard a little bit. I was never great at it, but. So for me, always being on something that's moving made more sense to have both feet on one thing. Skiing is the exact opposite. You know, you have individual feet on individual things, and it was just so hard for me to learn. Um, but I was with uh, one of my buddies who was, like, really good, and he works at Steamboat, you know, like, he's he knows how to ski. He tele-skis. Do you know he's what that is? He's a native. Oh, yeah. I don't he, know what that is. So tele-ski, it's like, you know how, so a ski, you have, like, your whole foot is strapped in, right? Mm -hmm. But on tele-skis, I think sometimes they can be even, like, shorter. Like, you know, not as long. They're tiny. Yeah, they're tiny. And he's only got his toes strapped in. Weird. So his heels are free. Weird. So he can, like, do a lot more crazy stuff, like, you know, be bending and, like, doing, like, you know, crouching and stuff. Like, which you could probably still do on normal skis, but it just seems, like, easier that way. Yeah. But, yeah, so... It was tough. Like, I got good at turning because, like, I was like, I'm going to hit this kid in front of me if I do not turn. <laughs> so, but um, a lot of spills. Um, but it was still so much fun. Like, but I want to try snowboarding next time because it might make more sense for it's me. It's so hard, though. That's what everyone it's says. It's so hard. You know? When you first start out, when, if you can get it, mm-hmm. you're, you're fine. Mm-hmm. You're good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's like that. The, the first time you try it out, you're literally, like, you stand up and you're rolling down the hill the whole time. I'm like... Oh, you take a beating. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I had, I knocked the wind out of myself last. You know, the first time I was like, oh, definitely took some spills. I'm tumbling. I'm like, Mm ah, well, like you know, so many times, like I'm like, I'm not turning fast enough, and this thing is coming up. Mm Mm-hmm. I just so I just fall. I just like I have to fall, or I'm gonna fly off this cliff. So, um, yeah, it was a definitely a a humbling day, (laughs) for sure. You know, Um, but yeah, no, I I also camped. Um, I've been camping more. Like, I think I camped for the first time when I was, like, 15 with, like, my friend, a couple of friends and, like, one of their dads. And it was, like, for a night. And it was just, like, this sucks. I was, like, this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I was not expecting that. Yeah, no, it's, like, this is the worst. I was, like, why would anyone do this? Um, And then I went camping again uh, very recently. You know, just in the past couple years, I've gone more and more. So I think I've probably been camping, like, five or six times now. And I like it. It's pretty it's sick. It's so fun. Yeah. Especially in Colorado. It's mm-hmm. it's not miserably hot. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool like, at night. Yeah. Know? Especially during the summer. Like, summer camping is the best because I'm a person that, like, you know, I mean, obviously, I've got melanin. I've got a dark complexion. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm Native American. I was definitely born for, like, the sun. Like, the sun makes sense to me. I'm like, yes. Like, I can be hot. Like, I don't sweat a lot. So, mm-hmm. like, it's perfect. People are like, oh, it's so hot. I wish it was wintertime. I'm like, shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth (laughs) like don't you bring that upon Mm -hmm. me i'm not ready for it um so yeah no i I love the heat but like i i just hate the snow so it's always the worst part of the year for me um but yeah no other than that i mean we got a horse tooth i love horse tooth yes you know jumping off rocks and stuff and swimming around um but that's pretty much it i mean like you know some people do biking like that's not my thing yeah you know no me neither people unicycle i've seen a unicycle going down the foothills trail of horse tooth no what yeah (laughs) and i that was like maybe one of the first weeks that i had moved out here and i was Uh like colorado people are so freaking crazy i was wild out here i'll tell you what What? i've lived here pretty much my whole life like minus eight months i've lived here 
in Colorado. Um, and yeah, even I think that Colorado people are, are wild. They're wild. It's just some of the most extreme things that yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's like, hey man, you see that mountain? I'm gonna like bike down it. I'm like, what? cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, or I'm gonna climb that mountain. Why? Why not? I'm like, okay, yeah. Or, or rock climb with no suspension or anything? Bouldering oh, or whatever? Oh, bouldering, yeah. Okay, so actually... <laughs> So I actually am a huge fan of bouldering. Um, I've only done it outside. Actually, I've te- technically I've never really bouldered outside without any harness or anything. I've top rope climbed once outside. That was a lot of fun. What is that? Top top rope? Yeah, so it's like rock climbing when you're attached to a harness. Okay. You know, so mm-hmm. just top rope. So that way if you fall, you know, someone's holding your rope down here, but it's also like pinned in at the top of the okay. where you're climbing. So, um, <clears throat> no, it's really great. Uh yeah, so I've done that, but I do like indoor climbing too. So I guess that's probably another Colorado thing that I do. Hundred percent. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's, it's it came natural to me. I was like, oh, this is sick, man. Like I've always had a huge fascination with like superheroes and stuff. So I'm like, I feel Spidey. like Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> just up here climbing around. Mm-hmm. So, but what about you? Like, I mean, biking, snowboarding, skiing. What? Yeah, all of it. Um, not not biking. Yeah. Nope. Um. <laughs> For the Colorado stuff, I, I got into trail running immediately. Mm. I love running trails. <coughs> um, trail running, kayaking on horse tooth. Mm. Um, not a big hiker, per se. Yeah, me neither. I'd rather run, but um, I snowboard. Um, nice. But I was determined. And all my friends, I had this new group of friends. I moved out here. I didn't know anybody. Mm. And I, I found they all snowboarded. And I was like, I have to get good at this. Cause right. I can't go out with these people they barely know me and i suck right right so i was out there like day after day by myself mm-hmm. driving to the mountains it's like a three-hour drive i was doing that <laughs> determined like i will not embarrass myself right so that's so you how, got good at it huh? that's how i got good absolutely that's sick can you do like cool tricks and shit or is it just kind of i could do some some baby jumps but it's still Wee. difficult yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. That's sick, man. You know, you might have to teach me how to snowboard because <laughs> I want to learn. Like, it's hard. It, yeah, you know, people say that, but I'm like, it just makes more sense. Like, it, it does absolutely. Yeah. I uh, I had a, an old friend from high school um, come out, and he was like, "Yeah, I want to snowboard," and everyone, it it sounds so much cooler than than it is in real life. You know, mm-hmm. you get out there and they're like, "Yeah." Like, I'll be fine. I'm good at every other sport. And they right. get on the mountain, and they cannot. They're, like, on their butt the whole time. Uh, skin. Yeah, it's tough, you know? It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, you can't be good at everything. <laughs> well, you can't have a big ego. Oh, yeah. No, That's 100%. Not at, snow, not at snow sports, mm-hmm. I don't think. Well, it's also, I mean, it's, like, so accident prone. Yes. Like, for real, like, actual, like, injury. Hit a tree. <laughs> yeah, like, I, had, I have a friend who uh, went snowboarding, um... And, like, she took one spill and, like, literally, like, broke a vertebrae in her back. And, like, she didn't even, like, hit a tree or anything. She just, like... Fell wrong. Just fell wrong, broke a vertebrae in her back, like, yep. blacked out, kept waking up, kept blacking out. And it's just, like, Jesus. Like, yes. <laughs> you know, yes. like, ah. So, it's a little scary. I mean, like, snowboarding, skiing, skateboarding, like, definitely are on, like, my list of, like, things that, like, I think are cool. Yeah. But I'm always, like... I'm kind of scared to do this, you know. Yes. So, yeah. uh, but, especially when there's like little kids flying by you yeah, down the I'm mountain. Like, I'm like, Fuck you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like probably like five. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Kids are just shredding. I'm yeah. like, what, what is happening here? Yeah. No, that's that's a whole a whole other thing. 
And that's where you can't have ego because, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you see some little eight-year-old, like, watch out, dude, and just, like, rips by you and he's doing so good. You try to be like him, you're going to get hurt. (laughs) So don't do it. Absolutely. (laughs) I remember I was practicing and I was at Eldora. And I was maybe coming down one of the slopes and and a kid zooms by me. He's like... Is that all you got? I'm like, the fuck? See, exactly. <laughs> you want to talk shit right now? <laughs> like, <laughs> See, that's what that really is, is yeah. that's God checking your ego. He's <laughs> yeah. like, hey, man, you want to play? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm good. You know, it's fine. I'll, I'll stay here. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like a, it's like having like a 10-year-old beat you in bowling, you know? Oh. Like, that would just be the worst thing ever. Yes. I'd be so upset about it. Like, you need bumpers and he doesn't. Like, that's <laughs> what it feels like. 100%. It's like... <laughs> How does this little shit like know what he's doing? Yeah. Oh my god. Or okay, the handicap snowboarders and skiers. Those are like the the coolest people I've ever seen. I mean, I mean, I've never really seen it. I've seen them like do like skateboarding or like you know they'll do like biking. Right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I mean that makes sense. They're like fuck it, man. Like I'm gonna do this because I want to. Like I want to be good at it. Like why not? Like I want people saying that I can't do shit. So. It's a perfect, you know, what we were talking about earlier. Turn your pain into something that it's makes you happy. I literally saw a dude, he, he was paralyzed from the waist down, sitting on a single ski, like slalom or whatever. But he had, he was on one ski, sitting down on a, like a little chair, and he had those sticks. And mm-hmm. he was doing jumps. I was like, what? Yeah, what? that's just crazy. <laughs> what? You know what? Respect. <laughs> Respect. Man. Man, that is crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, well... What else about you? I mean, what is something that, like, maybe you wanted to share on your podcast that maybe no one's asked you yet? Oh. I talk a lot about my my past and my pain and, and trials and tribulations, but I don't talk a lot about my, like, the good things. I don't talk a lot about yeah. um, the things that I am proud of, yeah. I guess. What are you proud of? Um... I'm proud of, like, just relocating to a new state by myself and Mm -hmm. not knowing anybody. That was a huge thing for me. Um, That, and and I'm about to to gut and and remodel a bus. Yeah. And I'm super excited about that. Hopefully that'll be an accomplishment, you know, but... That's going to be so cool. Yes. I'm excited, because that's, like, a shared dream that I have, too, you know, having the mobile tiny home, essentially. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Absolutely. And, like, just... I, I think having the strength and courage to walk away from family and things and and um toxic people or mm-hmm. um having the courage to to pursue your dreams and then and then also you're not a failure for giving up like i just dropped out of school my mm-hmm. last year in and uh one year left and and i think the biggest thing about that is you're, you're not a failure mm-hmm. you're not a failure if you finally realize you know what this isn't for me right you, you walk away you're a failure though if you keep on and you hate it yeah 100 percent. like if you're not listening to your you know your internal voice that's yeah. telling you like like why are we doing this yes. like wh- why do we keep doing this every day mm-hmm. um <clears throat> you know it, it, it's just arrogant to like say i did this for so long i have to keep doing this. absolutely you know yeah like, it's uh, you know and that's, that's an accomplishment i think mm-hmm. no. I, I think I, I totally agree you know um and it's, <clears throat> I don't really have anything too much to say, like, that is akin to that, right? Yeah. But, like, I definitely understand the concept. Like, um, 
and I, I guess the closest way I could ever relate to it really is just like uh, with jobs. You know, like if you're unhappy at your job, you gotta find leave. something. Just leave. Leave. You know, and sometimes maybe just quitting. Just quitting is never always the best idea, no. and like without having a plan or someone else, something else to go to. But like sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah. To be like. I finally feel fucking free. Absolutely. I feel happy. Like, and I can, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to make, find something. I'm going to make it yeah. work. And having that mentality, a lot of times, you know, our parents and their parents would tell us that's so irresponsible, but you know, they were shackled and yes. And yes. forever. Absolutely. Mm. I have a friend that's like that, that, that he's, he gets paid a lot and he, it, it doesn't seem like he really likes the job that he's doing. And I'm like, look, you are so unhappy in your life as a whole, right? But you have no like self awareness to realize that it's your job mm-hmm. that that's running your life, right? Yeah, like you should be running your job, and not vice versa. Yes, <laughs> yes. So like you know, just doing things that having the courage to do things that are better for yourself. I think is kind of what that sums up to, right? Absolutely. Like you know, just you're not a failure for for saying that this isn't for me despite how much time you've put into absolutely. it absolutely yeah um so good for you. That's do you yeah do you have anything like that that, that you've kind of given up on and or or just moved on from well um more so like accomplishments that that people may look at you and, and someone else may you know see it as a failure or that you gave up but like it's just an accomplishment oh shit you know i think it's kind of my whole fucking it's like my life <laughs> to be honest <laughs> to some people um maybe some people in my family you know just kind of just wish i would like just get a career and like you know oh, oh you're 26 now it's time to time to do this and i'm like no it's not mm-hmm. it's not no that's not what that means it's an expectation of other people yeah and i'm just yeah. like you know so i've kind of been doing that for years so, i mean kind of since the music thing popped up it's yeah. always been like you know i was like i'm gonna make it i'm gonna make it this is my this is my dream yeah um and so I'd say probably, I think it was a year or two ago that I was just like, this is my life. Like, it does not matter what happens. Like, there is no job that I could take that will make me as happy as this. Absolutely. And so it's like, you know what? Like, I will leave, I will live, breathe, and die as a man who makes music, you know? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I guess that's that overcoming that, you know, the doubt, you know, I mean... Um, it makes it hard with like finding partners, <laughs> but you know, yeah. that's also just going to show that like, Hey, like you got to find someone that's right for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because yeah, like, I mean, the way that my future is looking right now for some years to come, like I'm never going to be like very wealthy and eventually I will be potentially. Right. Yeah. But like it's, it's a journey. It's like, you know, it's like, I mean, if you want to be here, like they don't expect me to be a wealthy man Ooh, yeah <laughs> you know absolutely. what i mean and that's such a stereotype and forever for for men forever but um i, I kind love, of like very prominent now yeah i love that you're talking about that because that's huge yeah i mean you know th- th- we can get into the whole stigmas of you know male roles and stuff and it's just i don't know man like it's just it's just <laughs> tough you know like f- for people always you know like for the people that want to know like yeah like i'm a cancer that's my that's my sign okay you know so i'm it's in their eyes I'm a little sad lover boy you know with a lot of emotions and I'm like you're only partially true <laughs> you know I mean like I'm a very passionate person um, so you know in some of like the male views it's like you know oh that, that's weak or that's you know stop being feminine stop being you know all that yes, stuff I'm just yes. like man like I'm not yes. going to change who I am mm. to appease you 
that's more respectable, I think, than trying to fit someone else's standard. Yeah, you know, and so I've accepted it, you know, I'm like, it, my music is about, about love, like, all the time. It's about mm-hmm. love, like, youth, dreaming, like, it's, and heartbreak and pain, you know. That is what my life has been, you know, a lot of times. Like, that's everything in my life. Like, I think love is in everything, everything and everyone. So, like, I'm just talking about it, you know, offering a different lens to that perspective. So, <clears throat> like, I don't mind being the the sensitive, emotional, insightful, you know, artist that's going to be broke for forever. Because, <laughs> like, it, it makes me happy. You yeah, know I mean? yeah, I... I really respect that because I feel like I I see so many people that they're chasing wealth, but for what reason? Right. Is that is it the job that's going to bring you wealth that mm-hmm. you really like, or right. is it the money? Yeah, doing the job the that you hate. Yeah, they just want the money. So like, it's not worth living a life. Mm-hmm. You get one chance at it. You know, if, if that's what you believe, maybe you, you believe in reincarnation, whatever. But sure. Um. Yeah, I don't know. So, you know, you get this one life, and how are you going to live it? Are you going to live it chasing money, and then you're going to be unhappy because you just mm-hmm. now you're incapable of doing anything else? Right. There's a song I want you to listen to. Okay. Uh, you ever heard of the band Coin? Yes. Oh, you know Coin. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, the song called Cemetery. Okay. It's a great song. It's like one of the lines in it. It's like, um, he was like never one for the family, but he is the richest man in the mm-hmm. cemetery. You know, like. And to me, that just kind of speaks to, like, he's like, he didn't care about anybody else. All he ever cared about was money. But now he's dead. But he's still the richest man here. But, like, for what? Who cares? Like, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> for what? Was he happy? Probably not. Yeah, right? So. Probably not. He had all the big... I, I try to talk to someone else about this. You know, money brings you all the big toys and, and all of that. But you're still... you You end the day having fun on all those toys but you're still unhappy you come yeah. home and you're unhappy yeah no like you come home and you're like well fucking shit, nothing's different like that was fun but like now i've returned to my misery Ooh, you know yeah. and it's like so then it's just like a drug you now know? what yeah the money money can be a drug for sure um i've I, as of the last the last like four years i think i've i've like implemented elements of minimalism in my life yeah um because like you know Pretty much everything in this room is what I own, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, for those of you that can't see the room, it's not a big room. <laughs> but, you know, it's just like small things that, you know, I keep. that th- Only the things that really matter to me, you know what I mean? So, like, I have my music. I have books, you know, uh, equipment to, like, you know, shoot photos, my computer, like, artwork. Um, and, like, my closet is very simple. Uh, it's just I've tried to reduce it to, like even just palettes, just a color palette. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't spend time, like, trying to match stuff and, like, buying things that are out of my palette because yes. then it's, like, I, will, I won't wear it all the time. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's, like, I can wear something. I can throw anything together and it'll work. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the idea. And keeping all the things I need is kind of just what I like to do, you know. And having having the best things of those things, I think, is the idea for me. It's, like, you know, I, I don't want to just have, like, five T-shirts because, I mean... I, I, was yes. real, I won't be happy. Yes. Some, some people are extreme like that, but mm-hmm. no, I just, I got what I need. And so I never really need the big toys or anything like that. Like, I don't know. I just have fun spending time with my friends. And I spend, I like to spend more money on like going out and doing stuff yes. with people I love than to buy stuff, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Because experiences um, will pass you by and, and that's what makes life 
mm-hmm. what it is. Hundred percent. You know, um, are you the type of person that takes a lot of videos when you go to concerts? No. Good. I like to be in the moment. I like yeah. to because <laughs> I I went to a, a Killers concert last weekend. Really? Was yeah. it here or in, somewhere? It was in Fort Worth. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Dude, that's fucking sick. It's sick. <laughs> it was a sick concert, but that's what I was kind of like. I just the older I get I notice that you know the, the the big things it's the big concerts you pay to be there I, I want to have pictures of me and the person I'm with right. but I have no care in the world about like videoing the whole thing for other people to see because no one else gives a shit that's why yeah. they're not there that's no why they're not paying for a ticket <laughs> yeah no one cares about your fucking 20 minute story no, you need to <laughs> live in the moment, be in the moment. I was so drunk. I'm telling you, I was so drunk at that concert, Ooh, yes. I love you, yeah. Brandon Flowers. <laughs> yeah, 100%. But, like, that's what it's about. It's who cares, you know, I don't know, the society's made it to where we we need to make sure that other people see what we're doing. Right. It's tough. And it's like, it, why? Yeah. We're out in the woods, and we're like, oh, wait. <clears throat> I have to show everyone else. They don't give a shit what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 hard because like I've definitely been that person. Yes, right? uh-huh. I've been that person. Um, like I would take fucking videos of like a whole song at a concert. I'm like, why didn't I just enjoy the song? You know, and it's like, sure, you know, maybe my advice would be like, take a selfie, maybe a couple. You know, like get those moments captured. Yeah. But like enjoy the show. You know, because I've done that more in the last couple of years, and man, you know, like. Because even when you watch the video, you're not reliving it. Like, it's it's no. nothing like it was. No. So, yeah, just, like, the memories, the joy, like, the genuine feeling of recollecting that thought is, like, way more valuable than, like, having a fucking video of yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, the concerts I've been to, that's 100%. You're, you're going to miss so many details mm-hmm. of the moment. Yeah. You know, just even just of like the way they're dancing or something like it, just the tiniest little yeah. things will change the whole show for mm-hmm. you, you know. So that's good. That's good to know yes. that you're like, yes. yeah, I just want to be there. I also would like to say that with social gatherings, too. Mm-hmm. And there's like so many. I, I The older I get, the more I don't want to have my phone with me. I only want to use it for like business stuff, yeah. really. But you look around and you notice that everyone is on their phone. Mm-hmm. And it's like even at social gatherings, you know, someone feels alone or isolated or socially awkward, and they're like on their phone. Yeah, be in the moment, be present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, so I don't know. Like a lot of people don't really know this about me, but I mean, I I can obviously be very very extroverted and like a very social person, but a lot of the times, like I'm just keeping to myself. Like when people don't see me, like yeah. I'm at home, just chilling. You know, like watching my tv shows like really just getting lost in art and stuff like yeah. that right like getting lost in that stuff and like i don't like talking to people all the time you know but like when i'm on stage whole different thing right like because i'm performing it's it's a whole nother thing it's like you know it's not like i'm being inauthentic it's just like there's a place for it in my life and so sometimes when we have like get togethers or you know shindigs whatever like i'll be having fun for you know a couple hours with them and then i'm like cool like cool. i need to like walk away and just go sit over here reset yeah like yeah. I, need, I need to reset inside the same occasion like i need to like go like last time we had like a little gathering you know <clears throat> we were having a lot of fun oh it was tour de fat yeah tour de fat was fun like it was it was sick but 
we're all sitting on the roof and I was just like you know what like I'm gonna go to, over to this part of the roof by myself and <laughs> just sit here and you know people are like are you okay I'm like yeah I'm good like I just I just need a second to myself I need to sit here I get that so I get that yeah it's just I don't know I, I like to and I try to do that less with my phone in my hand you know yes so because there's no you can't reset you can't really take that deep breath you need mm-hmm. when you're still locked in mentally with a scrolling constant notification so it's nice to just yeah 100 percent. just clear it out and just like listen to what you like just listen to your thoughts you yeah know? like actually like analyze what's going through your head mm-hmm. i think that's the most important thing mm-hmm. so um yeah no just yeah fucking be free you know take time to look in, inwards i think is always the most important thing for people to do so but is there any other questions you have for me that you want to know your native american side actually yeah. okay um so yeah my mom is full-blooded navajo and um so we grew up i was actually raised jehovah's witness um and uh definitely still like i would still consider myself a christian but i definitely like i don't go to church or anything but i'm a god-fearing man <laughs> for some reason when you said that i want to go ooh. i don't ooh. know why i like the sound effects like ooh. this <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah so like but uh so my mom kind of like she was raised on the reservation for i think the first 12 years of her life before you know she kind of like got into this whole mormonism christianity kind of thing and so i was raised christian but eventually as i got older she went back into you know kind of the more traditional native american ways navajo ways um and so it kind of came a little late in my life for me to like really learn how to speak navajo um and to really practice those you know traditions that they have um but every now and then you know we'll partake in like peyote ceremonies um you know have prayer meetings and stuff like that uh so like my brother my oldest brother he was a grass dancer so like at the denver march powwow he danced on the on the floor so um that was pretty cool and uh yeah i don't know it's like it's it's definitely something i've embraced more as i got older you know because um like i am native american i'm black and i'm german so it was uh, kind of always like what, a wild mix what am i doing like who am i you know for a long time but <clears throat> it's what makes the most sense to me in the way i view the world and like kind of just how i feel as a as a human being mm-hmm. so um and that's also kind of like where the name ash red horse came from mm-hmm. so it's uh Ash is short for my Native American name given by my grandparents, <clears throat> which is Ashki Natahnia, which means uh, the warrior boy who leads. And so I was like, oh, that's pretty sick. And so I was like, and my mom changed her name, her last name to Red Horse. So I was like, cool, just abbreviate Ashki, which just means boy, you know. But Ashki, just abbreviate to Ash, and then just use my mom's last name. So Ash Red Horse, that's where the name came from. So it's it's pretty cool. So I feel like you know that's i've embodied that i feel like that's kind of like who i am but also like my name is still josh so absolutely yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah you know like i i can't I, I try to not get too caught up in in that but you know people ask me like what do you prefer i'm like i mean i prefer ash because i think it's a cooler name than I, josh. absolutely okay yeah. i'm gonna pause you right there it's like <laughs> when i go get my nails done and the vietnamese guy is like hi like i'm kevin i'm like your name's not kevin <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, like, don't lie to me, bro. <laughs> you don't look like a yeah, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah no it's 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 kind of nice i love i love that because i feel like it embodies more of who i am because also this i'm not throwing shade at josh's i know but there's some <laughs> josh's i've met and i'm like man you know what bro you are a josh and i don't feel like you <laughs> you know but i don't know, I, I just think josh is just like it's just such a silly name like it's it's playful like i don't know it doesn't i don't feel like anyone takes the name seriously and i don't think it really it represents like who you are. Who I am. Yeah. So, you know, and like, I mean, that's the name Ash. my dad gave me. Ash is cool, though. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like Ash. And like, hey, I'm an artist. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, and it's technically short for my Native American name. So, hey, you know, it is what it is. That's awesome. Yeah. But, um, no, no, being Native American is, it's definitely interesting. I would love to get more involved in that. And um, <clears throat> that's something I hope to do in the future, you know, especially considering if there's success down the line with my music and stuff like that, that, um, I want to give back to the Native American people in a lot of ways, you know, that um, I feel like I kind of feel like we've just kind of forgotten about them. Yes. Yeah. You know, there's lots of talks about uh, racism and like black issues, but like no one ever talks about Native Americans anymore. And I'm like, the shit they've been through. Yeah. yeah in the last, know. yeah. Mm-hmm. Since, since the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like since the 1950s, like who are Native Americans? What yeah. is that? Like, mm-hmm. that's how it feels, you know? Yeah. So, but, um, no, I, mean, I would definitely love to, like, potentially get on, um, you know, the Navajo Nation Council. Um, the only hard part about that is I'd probably have to live in Arizona, and I Oof. don't want to live in Arizona. <laughs> but who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I would also maybe love to run for president one day. Let me see. I mean, that'd be cool, too. Yeah, you know, I'm like, hey, guys. <laughs> I'm Ash Red Horse. I'm Ash Red Horse. Like, let's... <laughs> I think that'd be... <laughs> that'd be pretty sick. That would be pretty sick. So, if I'm going to do it, I, I can do it in 14 years. How, uh... Okay, so... I mean, hey, I think you have a pretty good chance. Hey, thank yeah. you. <laughs> we'll see. But, yeah. Um. So, if you wanted to live on a reservation, mm. what what does that look like for you? Well, you know... I'll say this pretty bluntly. Like, no one ever really wants to live on a reservation. I think <clears throat> the people that live there now, a lot of them would like to stay there because in a lot of ways, like, it's a remnant of, like, what their way of life kind of used to be. But mm-hmm. also, you know, if you think about it, like, the reservation was kind of a shitty deal, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, yeah, like, we'll give you land, but, like, we're gonna give you the land that nobody fucking wants, mm. you know. Yep. And um, that's that's definitely more true, I think, in the Southwest than potentially like you know the Pacific Northwest, you know, because there's some um, reservations out there that are just absolutely beautiful, like. But not in Wyoming. Not in Wyoming. <laughs> like, not not in Arizona, you know? where it's just yeah. desolate. Like so, like mm-hmm. so for example, like my family on the reservation in Arizona, um, it's just there's nothing out there. Right. It's just it's kind of sad, but it's also kind of beautiful in a way because like. You're so far departed from, like, all this busyness that, like, your everyday shit is just, like, going to work Mm -hmm. and, like, living. Mm -hmm. And some of them, you know, they have, like, they take care of their lands. Like, they might have animals and stuff. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, some of them, a lot of them still live in, like, trailer homes. Yeah. And um, some of them have houses. But I remember when I was a kid, like, they didn't even have, like, plumbing. Yeah. Like, you know, they would use outhouses. So it's like, you know, it could be like, what if you're drunk as fuck at 3 a.m. and you got the shits and, you know, you got to run all the way outside to the outhouse <laughs> instead of just go conveniently turning the corner of your bathroom, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, it's just interesting to think because, like, in a lot of ways, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's like there's still people that live in, like, what we would consider, like, third world conditions yes. in America. Mm-hmm. And, like, unfortunately, a lot of those people are the people that originally inhabited this land 
and I've gotten the shit end of the deal. And so, um, man, I'd love to change that. I'd really love to, you know, bring a lot more wealth and structure, um, to those communities, to those areas. Um, but like put it in their hands to make them, you know, like, I don't want to be like, Oh cool. Like, you know, hire some billion dollar, you know, white man. Yeah. Construction company. Be like, Hey guys, (laughs) like, can you go build this shit for me? It's like, no, like, you know, employ those people, like get that stuff going, like empower the people. Um, and I just want, I want people to like think about, you know, I want, I especially want native, native people to think about how, like, let's not point fingers and say, you did this to us and not saying that that's what's happening, but like, you know, that's where a lot of the conversations can go sometimes. It's just that saying like, Hey, like, you know, this was our land. Like, you know, we still have a right to it. Like we can still find a way to be the caretakers of the land and like do that kind of stuff and like have a revitalization of the community and our responsibilities in the world and be more prominent in discussions and stuff and, but making it less political but just like hey like you know I want to make sure that if you know like let's talk about the Dakota pipeline for example right like that thing <clears throat> unfortunately you know sometimes the government's going to do what they want to do right. like sometimes taking that fight to them and saying by protesting and saying no you can't do this mm-hmm. that's not always the answer right sometimes you know you could have taken a different route and been like we'll let you do this but like there's got to be we get to choose who who is doing it you know responsible companies like you know people that are going to make sure that whatever's happening here is actually safe it's clean like all that kind of stuff and like if you're going to do this on our land like we deserve a share you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Like, you can't just take this from us, which they will. And as far as I know, they did. So they did They did that. And, you know, that's something that, you know, you have negotiations instead of just saying, like, just fight and then be like, no, be smart about it. Like, okay, we can do this. We can give you what you want, but it's got to be on our terms and mm-hmm. we have to make money off of it too. It's not just you making money. I think that's important. So shifting the perspective of being, you know, the downtrodden and being, you know, the ones that overcome st- stuff like that. I think that's kind of the idea. Absolutely. And I, what I kind of see is, is that a lot of people look at the, the tribal land, the reservations as like, oh, that they're trashy. Like, mm. hmm, really? It's because they're, they're sectioned off and they're only allowed this allotted yeah. amount of land and, and they're not given <laughs> any wealth at all. It's their yeah. own government. It's their mm-hmm. own, you know, so. Yeah, no, it's interesting. So, like, what a lot of people don't know is, like, right, so, like, you have sacred land and stuff like that and so like tribal lands um so reservations basically they have their own governing bodies yes mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that like they have their own governments and this began in like the 1960s or something something like that around yeah. that time mm-hmm. but yeah like i mean like th- they have their own governments so like you know if you go on the reservation and you get pulled over by a cop like it's a tribal cop it's mm-hmm. not you know um like a, a state, state patrol yes. type thing it's it's a whole different tribal police um so, like, it's a whole different thing. And, like, yeah, I mean, obviously people like to talk about how they're trashy. Like, you know, they're just, they're just drunks and stuff like no, that. They, like, they no, they have – no, they don't have <laughs> – exactly. They don't yeah. have the policies in place, mm-hmm. you know, um, paying for the things that we have on the, mm-hmm. the outside of the reservation. Right. It's not fair. Yeah, it's definitely not fair. But, you know – that's what I'm saying. So, like, yeah. outside looking in, like, it's mm-hmm. always like, oh, they're so they're so dirty. They're alcoholics right. and stuff. And it's like, no, it's not true, mm-hmm. man. It's I not mean, true. It's just it's just different. <laughs> the cards that they were dealt, mm-hmm. you know, and they're they're doing their best. Right. That's it. It's like you know, imagine if it took you like an hour to go grocery shopping. You had to drive into a whole 
different state mm. to go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. Imagine the nearest gas station is 20 minutes away. Like, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, we often forget living in this world now and being in populous cities and stuff like that, that, like, how convenient everything is. Convenient. Yeah. Ooh. Like, yeah. but out there, like, no, that's not it's convenient not at up, all. It's not up to, um, it's, it's not a... They're not, like, up with the times. They're still trying to catch up on their yeah. own. And some of them don't even want to. On their own time. And that's Absolutely. The thing, right? Like, they're like, no, but I'm good. I kind of like that, though. It's kind of nice. I kind of like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it's just, you know, um, for those of you that are always wondering, you know, what is it like to go on a reservation, um, I don't know how exactly to tell you to do it, but, like, if you have friends that have people that are on reservations, see if they'll take you, you know? Yeah. Or, I don't know, just do some research. But, like, if you ever see it, like... I think you'll be very surprised in, in good and bad ways. I think you'll be like, wow, this is actually kind of nice. Like, it's kind of peaceful. You know, they're just doing their thing. Like, they're not worried about shit. No. Um, but on the other hand, you'll be like, damn, there's a lot of shit they need to figure out still, you know. And so that's just the truth. A lot of them just want to stay in the ways of tradition, and they don't want to get all these cell phones and, like, drive nice cars and stuff like that. Like, a lot of them have cars that are just they, they are good enough. They're they're fine with mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, it's. I I guess you know just do research, figure out what it's like for Native American things and stuff like that. Like you know, I, honestly, like you know, if you ever want something easy, like to, I guess digest that kind of world is like watch the show Reservation Dogs. Um, being a Native American myself, watching it like it's pretty funny because it's like there's a lot of like stereotypes that they bring up in the show. And it's just like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah I get it. <laughs> like, Absolutely. I, so you'll, you'll see kind of how it's like, but that's different because that's different from what I've experienced in a lot of ways because that's, I think, in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And so those are a whole different, it's a whole different type of landscape mm-hmm. and uh, ways and stuff like that. So, but like Navajos in, you know, New Mexico, Arizona and Colorado, like they're usually given some pretty shitty land. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it might be the same in Oklahoma, but like, it's just... It's, it's close. Different. It's just easy to digest and kind yeah. of get your idea of like what it's like to live on a reservation and how the people in the community works. So, I guess yeah, watch that show. Hulu sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> and are you? So are you a documented? I. So I have Native American background, but mm-hmm. we don't have documentation. Really? So that's I don't claim it publicly. Do you know what tribes you are? I do. Um, Apache, Blackfoot, Cherokee, and I think that's it. Just those three nice but yeah that's sick but yeah i got the white skin that's <laughs> hey i mean you know people think that's, i'm mexican all the time that's I'm, like, fine. I'm like i don't know no i'm native american yeah <laughs> like i like your shark tooth i'm like bro it's an arrowhead and they're like <laughs> oh and i'm like oh okay <laughs> but are you do you have documentation or anything like that yeah so like i have a what is known as a cib mm-hmm. it's a certificate of indian blood um, so I'm officially 50% percent American Navajo Indian. So, yeah. Um, I would still love to get like a tribal ID. Absolutely. But, uh, that I have to go to Arizona for it and do all that. And it's been, it's been wonky since COVID happened. So, um, but yeah, now I've got documentation for that's sure. awesome. You're yeah. legit. You're le- <laughs> I'm in this thing. Let's yes. Go. No, that's very cool. <laughs> so, um, to finish this podcast, I'd like to hear a little bit of your music if, if yeah. you don't mind. I would love to. Um, I'll definitely... This guitar looks nice, but it's kind of shitty. So I'm going to go get my other guitar. Okay, awesome. (laughs) So this is a little song I wrote called Hardcore Boy. And it's about um, 
when you're in love with somebody that you guys are just very different and like you kind of like try to fit that image to be with them because that you know that's what they want but uh in essence like it's just never going to work out so hopefully you picked some of that up in the lyrics <clears throat> all right here we go <clears throat>
that's hardcore boy. Wow, that was that was good. <laughs> I was like, I really like this. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, so that's um, one of the first songs we've released as part of our first two singles as a band. So you can find those on Spotify under Ash Red Horse and the Midnight Suns. Ooh, yeah, and the Midnight Suns. And the Midnight Suns. Suns as in celestial body, not children. <laughs> People <laughs> awesome. often ask, like, hey, is it Suns or Suns? I'm like, it's not Suns. So. Suns. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for yeah, having me. What absolutely. A beautiful conversation. So. Awesome. I had yeah. a great time. Well, uh, check me out on soul underscore of a warrior on Instagram. Check out ash at ash.redhorse on Instagram. My website is www.soulvawarrior.com. Thanks for listening. Take care.